You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. So this morning, we're going to be hopping into verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3. Two weeks ago, we started with verse 1. And first, verse 1 was all about how, how deep and how wide God's love is for us. Do you remember we talked about the deepest ocean, and it's the Pacific. And what is the deepest trench? Mariana. And what's the deepest part of the Mariana Trench? Challengers Deep. 32,000 feet deep. But that doesn't even compare to the love of Jesus. Let's review that verse. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Children of God, and so we are. So last week, Pastor Gerber focused on verse 2. We don't have to wait to be children of God. We are accepted as his adopted children right now. He also told us about the exciting day we have to look forward to when Jesus returns in all his glory and we will be like him. God is righteous. Therefore, we too will be filled with his righteousness. Let's take a look at 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So, this, this morning, before we dig into verse 3, talking about the pureness of God and the hope we have, because he is pure, I want to just share a couple phrases that have something to do with pure. Have you ever heard of the phrase, pure as snow? Maybe you've heard of the phrase, pure as driven snow. Well, you know, when you live in Nebraska, we get to see what that looks like, pure as snow. Don't you just want to just jump in there and do a snow angel or something? But no, you don't, do you? You want to keep it pure as snow. But snow doesn't always stay so secure. You know, when we, when we go to bed and we know there's a snowstorm, can't you just, you can't hardly wait till it gets light and maybe you open the shade of a window and the sun shining, and bam, 12 inches of brand new pure snow. It's awesome. But also, we understand that pure snow doesn't last forever, does it? Because eventually it's going to get dirty because of people and animals. So it might look like this after a couple days, right? And well, when the snow turns yellow, it certainly is no longer pure as snow, right? 
Let's move on to another expression. How about pure as gold? Have you heard that expression? Pure as gold. So I've got a multiple question, a multiple choice question for you this morning that concerns pure as gold. What equals pure as gold? Is it 18 carat? Is it 22? Or is it letter C, 24? Which is 100% gold? What do you think? Shout it out. I hear a lot of 24. Letter C is correct. Nice job. We have a letter C up there to really give it some impact. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, wow. So yes, 24 carats. But so what, what's the difference? What makes 18, 22, 24? Well, it's the percentage of gold. So let's take a look. So if something is 18 karat gold, it is only 75% gold. The other 25% is some type of alloy, some other type of metal. If it's 22 karat gold, 91.67%. I have no idea where Wikipedia got that from. That's a weird number, isn't it? But that's what it is. And then obviously if something's 24 karat gold, pure gold, 100% 24 karat gold. It might look something like this, 100% gold nugget. Wouldn't you like to have that baby? So with these things in mind, now we're ready to read verse three. Here we go. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So this verse creates a new pure phrase, one that maybe you haven't thought about, but something that's way more important than pure gold and pure snow. How about pure Jesus? Yes, pure Jesus. This, the Apostle Paul tells us in his letter to the Romans that our old sinful, dirty selves well, they were crucified with Jesus on the cross. So we are purified. We are free. Let's take a look. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has, set, has been set free from sin. There's the hope that John tells us about in verse 3. Our sinful, dirty selves are free from sin because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We aren't 75% or 18 carat free from sin. We're not even 91.63% free. We're 100%, 24 carat, pure as gold, pure as Jesus, free from sin. And that hope that I'm talking about, well, that hope comes in our pure Jesus. And it comes not from our deeds, it comes from one deed, the perfect deed 
Pure living Jesus is our hope. He is our living hope. And Peter tells us about it in, in 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Well, how does this happen? Well, it happens through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled. And I think we could substitute the word pure for, undefi or for undefiled, couldn't we? And unfading, and you know where it is? It's kept in heaven for you and for me. Born again, living hope, inheritance, undefiled. Peter, he understood just like John and just like Paul. They got it. We're born again, free from the chains of sin. Christ is our living hope. He is alive. He rose from the dead. Our inheritance? Well, it's, a li it's living with him and all the saints in the new creation that will be undefiled, that is pure without sin, without the stain of sin. There will be no yellow snow in heaven. I can tell you that much. But what does that mean for us today? To hope in Jesus. What does it mean for us today? What does it mean for you today to have hope in Jesus? I'd like to share a quote from a Bible scholar named Gary Barge who wrote a commentary on 1 John. And it really helped me understand if we truly believe and have an expectation of the imminent return of Jesus and realize that we'll be, we will be identified with him and unveiled as his children, it will have a galvanizing impact on our lives. Our faith will be strengthened and our resolve to live a godly life, it will increase. So as awesome as this was for me to find, it also brought about some tough questions. And the first one I want to ask today is this. If Jesus returned today, right now, 1057, November 20th, 2022, would you be identified with him? Would you be unveiled as a child of God? When something is being unveiled, it is typically something new and exciting. I'd like to share an illustration in this regard. Is there anyone here who has refurbished an old, rusty, dirty car? Anybody? There we go. Does anyone know of someone who does this type of thing? Okay, well... Um, I'm not very, I'd have no interest in it, and I wouldn't be very good at it, but I sure do like to see the before and after pictures, right? So my father-in-law, Byron Yonke, who went to be with Jesus only a few short months ago, he loved these types of projects. And he loved going to old farm sales, where they were just getting rid of everything, even the old stuff in the grove, you know? And guess what he found in an old grove? 
he found an old panel wagon manufactured in the 50s, and it looked like this when he found it. And now take a look at the inside. Ugh. Now that's a project in half, ladies and gentlemen. So it took many years and just a few dollars to restore and renew this old panel wagon. Gosh, I sure wish I had a picture of what it looked like now. I do. Are you ready to see what it looks like? Ooh, yeah. And look at the inside. Wow. The renewal of this panel wagon is amazing, isn't it? It's, it's hard to believe it's even the same vehicle. This falling apart, it had rust all over. But you see, we're very much like that panel wagon, aren't we? Because from about the, our mid-20s, we all start falling apart. We get pretty rusty. And eventually, death is imminent. Did you hear that? Death is imminent. But there's also something else that's imminent. Jesus is going to come back to save us, to restore and renew us. That is also imminent. Our renewed bodies on the, on the last day will be unveiled before God himself. Just like when my father-in-law Byron and his son Dan went and drove to O'Neill to see this old panel wagon being unveiled. We're going to be unveiled in front of God Almighty, and he's only going to see Jesus' righteousness, his pureness in us. There's only one way to be renewed through the living hope that we've been talking about that we have in Christ Jesus. When Jesus comes again on the last day and the veil is pulled back on our renewed old bodies, they're going to be glorious. And what a sight that will be. Now, difficult question number two comes from this phrase in our quote. Now to another challenging question referring back to our quote from Gary Burge. He used the phrase galvanizing impact. Quote, it will have a galvanizing impact on our lives. Which brings us to this question. Does the imminent return of Jesus, our hope for salvation, have a galvanizing impact on your life? galvanizing impact what even is that well if you have any experience with construction metal rust remember the, what that panel wagon looked like first so you want to use something called galvanized steel or if you're hammering you're going to use galvanized nails right because they're going to last a lot longer. Maybe it looks like these galvanized nails up here and these rusty old nails. There's a big difference, isn't there? 
It's like our hope in Jesus. It's the hope that strengthens our faith, galvanizes our faith, and it gives us a resolve to live a godly life. I said it. To live a godly life. God's not playing around. He doesn't want me to beat around the bush. He wants us and he desires for us to live a godly life. And if Jesus is truly in our hearts, we will live a godly life. So how's that going for you? Living a godly life. Are some days better than others? What is getting in the way of you living a godly life? We need to be galvanized in our faith. So is your faith being galvanized by being in the word? Is your faith being galvanized by surrounding yourself with other brothers and sisters in Christ? Or do you just hang out with anybody? Is your faith life being galvanized by being at worship consistently? Like every Sunday? Those are hard questions. It's challenging to say the least. On one hand, we know because of hope we have in Jesus that we're forgiven. We'll fail miserably, yes, but we are forgiven. He renews us, he restores us. Just like that panel wagon. But that's not necessarily how it always works because on the other hand, because we are so sure of this hope, we have a tendency to let our guards down, don't we? Ah, I can sin. Jesus forgives me. Living a godly life is not always our priority. After all, Jesus will forgive regardless of what we do, right? That's not the way it's supposed to work. If the hope of Jesus is truly in your heart, then hope takes priority in your life. Did you hear that? Hope takes priority in your life. Let's look back at that quote one more time, especially the last sentence. Our faith will be strengthened and our resolve to live a godly life will increase our resolve to live a godly life will increase. That's it. We don't live a godly life because we have to. We live godly lives because we want to. Yes. Our faith grows in the pure hope of Jesus. Our desire to live a godly life because of his hope and what he has given to us and our faith then increases. It doesn't decrease. It doesn't even say the same. That's what it means for us today, right here, right now, to live in the pure hope of Jesus. 
But God also knows, God also knows that no matter how hard we try, we will never be pure as Jesus on this earth. He knows as pure as snow can be when it first falls, it's going to get dirty. It's why he renews us daily. And we are renewed because of one thing and one thing alone, God the Father sending his son, Jesus, into the world to start the purifying process. That's what John's talking about in this verse. Let's take a look again. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Makes sense now, doesn't it? There you have it. Your hope is in the purifying blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When you fall short, which you will, your hope is still safe and secure in Jesus. Pure Jesus. As wonderful as pure snow can be and as, as magnificent as 24 carat 100% gold can be, when we become as pure as the purifier, our living hope, Jesus himself, that's the pure that we get to look forward to. Pure as Jesus, that's what we'll be. Praise be to our gracious and merciful God. Amen. <laughs>